Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The the idea of it is very kind, um, but it just has like a tinge of murder. (laughs) Just a tinge. Just a little hint of murder. A little, it's giving Thelma and Louise undertones. We were thinking goodbye, Earl, but yes, that's what country music is missing right now is a really good murder ballad. Yeah, I've got you. We're Old Dominion. I'm Ingrid Andress. This is Sam Hunt. And I'm Kelsey Ballerini. I'm back. Country Heat Weekly starts now. Not only is she back, she is the first artist to do our podcast twice. I'm Amber Anderson, excited to have Kelsey Ballerini as our center stage guest this week. And I'm Kelly Sutton. We are both loving this new album, and we can't wait to share our chat with Kelsey Ballerini with all of you. We get to dig in deep, and we get the stories behind these songs that you are jamming out to on her new album, Subject to Change. Before we get to that, though, Amber, you were in the same room as Taylor Swift and Garth Brooks last week, and I got to know all about it. And Babyface. Let's (laughs) add him in. (laughs) First, okay, when I saw this on social media, I was like, did we know they were all going to be there? There was speculation. Okay. Little murmurings around town, but it was the Nashville Songwriters Awards, and it was held at the Ryman Auditorium. And yes, it was Garth Brooks and Taylor Swift and Babyface. I was losing it over Babyface. I'm a child of 90s R&B. Babyface is everything. And he honored Ashley Gorley, who won Songwriter of the Decade. And he actually sang his own rendition of Unforgettable by Thomas Rhett. So it was epic. Yeah. Ashley is 63 number Number ones, ones. which is just wild. Garth received the Chris Christopherson Lifetime Achievement Award, gave a wonderful acceptance speech. Trisha was there as well. Love it. To present to him. And then Taylor won Artist Songwriter of the Decade. That's incredible. So she graced us with the 10-minute version of All Too Well. And it was just a surreal night. So in between all of these larger honors, there were the performances of the 10 songs I'd wish I'd written. And those are just awards that are voted on by other songwriters about the songs they wish they'd written over the last year. So it was just a night full of really great music and legends (laughs) at the Ryman Auditorium. Were there fans 
inside the Ryman because the video you took of Taylor doing the 10-minute version of All Too Well, I could barely hear Taylor because all the fans were singing so loud. And I'm like, that's not industry people singing, is it? Right. And I think that's the part that really threw us because the entire evening, it was a long award show. Yeah. But the entire evening was like quiet, industry, very industry heavy. Mm -hmm. Even the acceptance speeches were kind of industry focused. Yeah. And then they announced Taylor. And from the rafters and the back of the Ryman, it was just pandemonium and screaming. So they were waiting. <laughs> like people got wind that she would possibly be getting this award and that she would be there. And they somehow got tickets and they were in the room. Well, and I heard her say it meant the most to her to play on the Ryman stage because learning how to be a songwriter happened in Nashville and being back on that stage playing in Nashville meant a lot to her. Yes. And her acceptance speech was so good. She talked a lot about lyricism and the importance of lyricism and how important songwriting is just to the core of who she is. And it was it was an incredible night. I'm so glad you were there. Yes, me too. That's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> because baby face, you guys. <laughs> that was the only text I got from you. I just got a text that said baby face with all caps and exclamation points. <laughs> I know. I will also say another really kind of almost emotional part was watching these original songwriters and co-writers of Garth sing Thunder Rolls mm -hmm. and The Dance. And I mean, Luke Combs did this amazing rendition of Beaches of Cheyenne and it had Garth like up and like <sighs> shouting at the stage. So <laughs> it was one of those like nights that's so essentially Nashville. Right. Like, we won't ever forget that night. So cool. Anyway, we have an exciting show to share today, including a trip down musical memory lane, rediscovering the music of Zach Brown Band. Plus, we'll dig into the Country Heat playlist and help you plan an eating tour of Nashville with a little help from the stars. So let's find out what's cooking in country music. Honestly, the hottest thing this week in country music is Kelsey Ballerini. In addition to dropping the new album last Friday, she kicked off her Heart First tour Saturday in New York City. And although we weren't there, our friends at Kelsey Central were. And watching their Instagram stories, I feel like we were practically in the room with them. All the Kelsey fans need to make sure you're following at Kelsey Central on Instagram because they always have the scoop. And they had great seats too. And amazing video from the sold-out show at Radio City Music Hall. And they reported back that Kelsey performed 24 songs and had four outfit changes. I think we were all wondering how many outfit changes there would be. <laughs> yes. Her wardrobe was amazing. That yellow dress she kicked the show off in was everything. We have got to go see this show in Atlanta, Kelly. Atlanta it is, because she told us she's not coming to Nashville yet. I have these certain rules where I'm like, I'm not going to play this city until I can sell out this place. And I did it in my hometown. I said I wouldn't play Knoxville until I could sell out the Tennessee Theater. And I did that on my first tour. I'm not going to do Nashville until I can do Bridgestone. Full speed ahead, baby. 
We also got some tour news this week from a couple other friends of the pod. Dustin Lynch has extended his party mode tour through November, and the band King Calloway will be opening. And our bestie Breland announced the Here For It tour, and we are here for it. <laughs> it launches November 16th in Ohio, just eight cities, none of which are Nashville. Yeah, it's very East Coast centric, but I noticed on the graphics, in parentheses, it says the fall tour. So maybe there will be a winter or spring option. Maybe, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Another exciting bit of news from this week, John Party and his wife Summer announced that they are going to be having their first baby. Yeah, and apparently it was a bit of a surprise. John posted the news on social media saying, no plans, no timing, just a gift from God, adding, I'm ready for it. I wonder if he knew this when he was here on our podcast earlier this month. I bet he did, because they're going to become a party of three early next year. So she'd be into her second trimester by now. Well, congrats to them. We've got several expectant parents in country music right now, including Nico Moon, Gabby Barrett, Scotty McCreary, and Drake White. We're going to have to get some country heat onesies made. <laughs> oh, that would be so cute. Did you see that CMT has announced its 2022 Artist of the Year? Some new names on the list this year. I did. Kane Brown and Luke Combs are both on the list. I think this is the third time for the two of them. And then Carly Pierce, Cody Johnson, and Walker Hayes are all first-time Artist of the Year honorees. So excited for Walker. You know, last year, he was actually asked to perform Fancy Like and close the show because the song was just so huge at that moment. Yeah. And now fast forward to him being honored. It's just a really, really cool full circle story. Speaking of that, when Kane Brown was here just a couple weeks ago, we brought up a moment that happened at last year's ceremony between him and Walker Hayes. That moment at Artist of the Year last year, he's singing Fancy Like. It was like his first time doing that on like national television. And he was like, look at this room. I mean, it's legends in this room. And he's like, I just looked out. Kane was like standing up and like jamming out. And he's like, okay, I think I belong. And I yeah. think he shot him a text afterward. And I was like, that is Nashville. And that's the thing. I, I saw myself up there whenever he was there. And I was like, I was looking around the room too. But, you know, I was singing a Randy <laughs> Travis song. So I was like, I'm fitting right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he was coming out fancy like and. I was just, I'd, I'd been there. So I mm -hmm. was like, man, he needs some support right now. It's really cool that they're both in the lineup this year. I know. I love this so much. The 90-minute celebration will be shown Friday, October 14th on CMT. I think most of those artists have songs on the Country Heat playlist right now. It's time to check the Heat Index. Heat Index is where we take the temperature and highlight some of our favorites on the Country Heat playlist. Kelsey Ballerini is the cover star and has two songs on that stream, both of which we'll talk to her about in just a few minutes. There's a new Priscilla Block tune on the playlist, too, called Off the Deep End. Now, this song has an explicit warning on it, but don't worry, parents. She doesn't actually say the really bad word. <laughs> At the <laughs> other end of the emotional spectrum, Jordan Davis has a really special poignant tune on the playlist called Next Thing You Know. I'm thinking we're going to get to see him perform this one at the Ryman this week. Uh, I hope so. I love this song. Doctor saying, how you doing there, daddy? Nobody's ever called you that. And you take the drive home slow. Next thing you know. He's playing two shows at the Ryman, and I assume you will be at both. You assume correctly. 
I will be there. <laughs> of course. Of course. It's his first time headlining the Ryman, and we're going to bring you a full report next week on the pod. Be sure that you're following Amber on Instagram because I'm sure she'll be posting plenty of video. I'll do my best. Find me at Hey, it's Amber A. Okay. Now, Amber, I'm going to need you to plug your ears for just a minute. Um, okay. For those of you who are new to the pod, Amber is from Florida and a diehard Gators fan. So clearly, Megan Maroney's Tennessee Orange is not on her playlist this week. Too soon, Kelly. Too soon. <laughs> Ugh. So sorry. I still love my Gators. The single art even shows the University of Tennessee's Neyland Stadium checkerboarded orange and white. I can hear you. <laughs> this song <laughs> is about a Georgia girl who falls in love with a Tennessee boy and learns all the words to Rocky Top. I mean, have you heard the words to Rocky Top? <laughs> half bear, the other half cat. I mean, what does that even mean? He's got me doing things I've never done. I can't. I just can't. (laughs) In other news, (laughs) I finally saw the Elvis movie, and we've got Casey Musgraves' version of Elvis's I Can't Help Falling in Love with You on the playlist, along with the non-Elvis hits from both Luke Combs and Luke Bryan, and new tracks from Eric Church, Maren Morris, and Breland. The Country Heat playlist is heard exclusively on Amazon Music. about to go to the break, but first, I'm going to read you this quote from one of the artists on the Country Heat playlist, and you guys get to guess who said that. Then when we come back from the break, we'll play the audio to see if you were right. We're keeping with the sports theme for another minute, so we can change the energy around this topic. Okay. (laughs) This week's quote is, nothing's better than playing country music in the fall because you get to watch college football all during the day, and then you get to go be on stage. Who said that? You'll hear for yourself when Country Heat Weekly returns. What's up, y'all? It's Tyler Hubbard. I'm Carly Pierce. Zach from Zach Brown Band here. And I'm Ashley McBride. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Nike. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. Nothing's better, in my opinion, than playing country music in the fall because you get to watch college football all during the day. 
and then you get to go be on stage. Luke Bryan! <laughs> I love how the artists have these big screen TVs that they hang on the side of the bus. It's like they get to tailgate before their very own show. I mean, it's what I would do. I'm married to a Georgia boy, and the only thing I can contribute to this conversation is go dogs. But do you mean it? I hope you do not. No, not really. <laughs> Today's center stage guest is a two-time Grammy nominee with seven number one hit songs. Kelsey Ballerini released her platinum-selling debut album, The First Time, in 2015, followed by Unapologetically in 2017, and then Kelsey, which was released in March of 2020, the week the world shut down. The pandemic gave her time to reimagine all the songs of Kelsey and release the companion album, Ballerini. A lot has changed for all of us since then. And now we've got album number four, titled Subject to Change. We last chatted at CMA Fest when she had just dropped her first single off the project, Heart First. And at that time was dropping all kinds of hints that we could not decode. But today we get to talk about the entire album. Kelsey Valerini is back. Oh, y'all. I feel like we just chatted. We're taping this segment in early September, but you have sworn to us that the release date will not change, despite the album being titled Subject to Change. <laughs> we almost called the tour Subject to Change, the tour, and then we were like, that, that we really can't do that. <laughs> like, everything's just been a little too up in the air. So no, it is coming out September 23rd, and this is one of my first, honestly, in-person conversations about it, so I'm very excited. Well, we are so, so happy to have you. So you released the album Kelsey in March of 2020 and then Ballerini in September of 2020. So tell us the timeline of these songs on Subject to Change. Mm -hmm. Was everything on this project written between that time? The only song that was written between Kelsey and Ballerini, and the, so the oldest song on this record is Marilyn. I do it like a solo write every album. It's like this thing that I've done from the very beginning where, you know, it's like, I started by being a songwriter, and I did it when I was like 12, 13 in Knoxville. It was just me. And when you get to Nashville, all you want to do is be in the room with a Shane McAnally or people that you just know are so much better than you at their craft. And that's how you grow, you know, like you sharpen each other. But I've always wanted to like trust myself, you know, and hold myself accountable. And so it's this thing that I do every album. And Marilyn is my solo write on this record. And I think I wrote it like April of 2020. What did you always want to be? You wrote or co-wrote all 15 tracks yes, that are on this album. So we know they're all special to you. Mm -hmm. But we're going to dig into as many of them as we can today. We're going to do a little icebreaker first to get to know the album. Which one took the longest to write? All of them were written in one session, but the one that took the longest to record was I Can't Help Myself. There's a lot of key changes um, and a lot of really crazy melodies in there. And it was very hard for me to hear it because uh, I've, I've never written one song in two different keys before, and it switches between verse and chorus. So I couldn't get my ear adjusted to it the first time. So we had to come back and do vocals several times on that one. That one, that's the hardest. Yeah, that's like an old school country. It like, is. here it's, comes the mod. Here comes the modulation. <laughs> yeah. We took every every page out of Shania and Mutt's book for that song. I mean, and you hear it. Like, it's mm -hmm. a full tip of the hat to, to Shania. But I will be honest, I'm not singing it on tour this time because I I, I don't know if I can hear it correctly yet. I have to, like, really live with it for a while. Says, 
it's the coolest sounding cool. song. Yeah, it, it is. Really cool. It really and is. And you're like, whoa, I didn't hear, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. It's yeah. kind of like the first time you hear it, you're kind of like on the edge of your seat, like what's going to happen next? Yes. So did any of the songs completely change from the writing to the studio? Yes. Love is a Cowboy. Um, I wrote that like later in 2020 um, on, a, on a retreat out in Palm Springs. And it was like this super boppy, like big production made for a live show song. And I, I loved the metaphor so much. And I loved the lyrics so much that when I brought it to Julian and Shane, who produced the record, they were like, this lyric's amazing, but we can't hear it the way that it's presented right now. So we stripped the whole thing back. We changed the hook because the original hook was um, it's reckless and rugged, it's sweet and it's stubborn, love is a cowboy every time. And they were like, the best lyric is at the very end, which is when I'm with him, it's like rope in the wind, love is a cowboy. So we took that and paste, copied and pasted it to the, every chorus, and then we changed the bridge. And then the production is just like very stripped back and just highlights the song. So um, I'll A-B it one day on like Instagram or something just to Ooh, see it. But cool. that one yeah, really yeah. took a different life. Is there a song that you almost didn't put on the project? Yeah, um, Doing My Best was one that I almost didn't. Have you guys heard the whole Yes. yes. <sighs> I, I really had to have a hard conversation with myself to put it on. But this is the reason I did. So we had cut the first 10 songs, and I was on vacation in Mexico, and I was listening to the, the tracks, and I— I was listening to like Muscle Memory and You're Drunk Go Home and songs and I'm like, gosh, I can't wait to sing these live. They're going to be so much fun. But I'm kind of more or less playing a character in these songs, you know, like stepping into like more of my sassy side or whatever. And I was like, man, I think I'm doing myself a real disservice to not to not go further into like what the book opened up for me. Like I wrote this book of poetry mm -hmm. called Fill Your Way Through and it unlocked this like depth artistically that I hadn't gone to yet. And I, I really wanted to keep exploring that. So while I was down there, I had my friend send me a track. And I just went to the ocean, and I stream of consciousness just said everything that I felt cringy about or embarrassed about or that I was struggling with. And I just took ownership of it, and I sent it back, and that became the song. Um, and it's just like, a, it's like jarringly honest, um, but it's truly exactly where I'm at right now. I was friends with a pop star. I put him on track four, but wish I could take it back. I would have never asked if I knew we wouldn't talk anymore. Just so you know, we both were immediately digging into your last album to find track four. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was going to say, especially when it's, a, when it's a lyric that people can literally go yeah. and say, that is you talking to them. You know, I hope people interpret that line like it was, like it was meant to be, which is no shade at all. It's just saying, like, one of the things that I've had to navigate is— naturally you want to become friends with other artists because no one's going to get your life like another artist does. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes that becomes really awkward and sometimes there's competition involved. And then sometimes you try to like do something together. So like you, because they're your friend and you want to like share art together and then like you introduce business into it and it just messes everything up. You know, like that was kind of what I was trying to say. So I hope it gets interpreted that way. If you go down, I'm going down too. Is one of my favorites on the whole record, mm -hmm. and I just and mm -hmm. it's so like 
One of the things I've learned as I've gotten into my late 20s is the importance of female friendship. It is so important in whatever career or season of life you're in. And I mean, I just truly look at my life and feel so, so grateful for my friends. Um, And we were just having that conversation. They're like, what else do you want to say? And I was like, I need a song for my friends because like they're a pillar for me, you know? And so we're like, it's, the, the idea of it is very kind, but it just has like a tinge of murder. <laughs> just a tinge. Just a little hint of murder. A little, it's giving Thelma and Louise undertones. <laughs> we were thinking goodbye, Earl, but yes, that's what country music is missing right now is a really good murder ballad. I, yeah, I've got you. I wanted to do something that felt light. You know, the thing with this record is it's the most up-tempo record I've ever made. But if you really listen to it, there's a lot of, like, a lot of meat there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with this song, I was like, okay, I just need this to feel witty. Like, I, I need—I loved Hole in the Bottle and what it did for just, like, my personality, like, live. I feel yeah. like I got to be silly. And mm-hmm. I wanted to do that again on this record, and I didn't necessarily have that. And so this, for me, is— I don't know, like a little, it's a little chaotic, but it's like fun and funny. And Mm -hmm. I just love the idea of like, you know, best friends coming to a show with like t-shirts that say, if you go down and the other one has, I'm going (laughs) down too. And they're like pointing to each other. Like, I just love that. And I sell that merch. I know. I just, I was just, as as I said it, I was like, I'm texting Lisa right now. Um, so yeah, and some some of these songs you mentioned earlier, like you're playing a character. Some lyrics are directly ripped from your life. Yeah. This one, character life fifty fifty. It's it depends on the day. No, it's um. I mean, the idea of like you know I. I would, like, step in front of a car for my friends for sure. Would I kill their husband, hypothetically? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) I said the same thing, like, probably Probably not. not. Um, But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an elevated idea of, like, you know, just the people that would drop everything for you and you would do vice versa. Right. And then, you know, murder. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, guys. Crime junkies, like, listening. Just kidding. Keep an eye on her. Just kidding. I think at first I had this idea as a woman in country music that I had to, like, I had to be like, oh, my God, okay, everyone come over. Let's all be best friends. Let's have mm-hmm. a sleepover. <laughs> Let's paint each other's nails. And it was not the vibe. Um, it's not the vibe. What I've learned is, like, I have a, a few really good artist friends. And when I say, like, I, like— the the way that I choose to empower women in music is to feed those friendships. Those mm-hmm. are genuine. Those aren't always, you know, like on camera and for display and for other people. They're for us. And um, I think there's different tiers of that. You know, like I definitely have people that I will stand side stage for and like scream their songs, but we're not necessarily sweatpants friends. And that's okay, too. I just think I've learned that like it's okay to have different levels of friendship with people. But I have a couple that are like, Ride or die. And Carly's mm-hmm. one of them. And Kelly's one of them. Mm-hmm. When you write sweatpants, friends, can we be in the room? <laughs> can we please in our sweatpants? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> this will be good. This will be good. When you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Because you do have different levels of friends. And sweatpants oh, yeah. friends are the best friends. Yes. Yeah, they're the ones that like, it. It nothing matters. Nothing else matters. It's mm-hmm. just like, you can talk about anything. There's no judgment. You can be silly. You can like belly laugh. You can eat a burger. And oh, it's just like the chillest. Speaking of Kelly and Carly, yeah, they're on this. I they're know. on this record. I'm happy. So about excited. That. We, you teased the collaboration when we talked to you at CMA oh, Fest. Right. I did, and we were trying oh, to. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. is it a they? And we were yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, because people people guessed Carly because I posted a little Instagram and I like covered up her face. But like they were like, she wore these shoes in this Instagram post, so it must be Carly. I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that you would go that hard. Of course, um, internet detectives. Yeah, but um, but no one guessed Kelly, which is kind of cool. So um, cool. I swore that I was not going to collaborate on this album just because I felt like. My last, like, season of success has been tied to other people, whether it was Hometown with Kenny or mm. I Quit Drinking with Lainey, um, which I'm so proud of both of those songs and their success. But I just wanted to step back for a minute and be like, okay, I can do this myself. Let me just get back to, like, you know, the the basics. Um, and then I wrote Your Drunk Go Home. And I was like, I just feel like I need some more, like, sass, personality, power behind this. So. In, in the production on that song, oh like— my gosh kind of goes from, like, Carly to Kelly. And yeah. I was like, what just happened? Yeah, yeah the this, second verse is fully just them. I'm, like, sitting back. It's and I'm just awesome. Like, I have really cool friends. Well, Y'all sound great together. <laughs> and we were texting each other when we were listening to because we got it at the same time. So we're texting each other, and she was like, it's Carly. And I'm like, no, it's Kelly. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's both. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's cool, too, because I don't, I don't believe that Kelly and Carly have met yet. So when I what? called Kelly, she was like, I'm also such a Carly fan. And I, she was like, I've, I've wanted to meet. like do something. And I was like, oh, I feel like I get to be like a musical matchmaker. <laughs> and the fact that this is just such a bop and the fact that it has this 90s flair and the yeah. fact that if CMA is listening, this needs to be I a feature song. Would, mm-hmm. I would like to agree with that. We know there are some recurring themes on this project. Therapy comes up a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And you've been very open about your mental health journey. And that is so appreciated and needed. I want you to hear us say that to you because I think especially after the last few years that we've had, it's more mm-hmm. and more and more important for people with platforms to say like, hey, this is all of us. This mm-hmm. is not just just one of us. And obviously therapy is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Has your therapist heard I can't help myself? <laughs> um, <laughs> no. That's so funny. No. My therapist says I do this a lot. I see her on Monday. I'm coming in hot. <laughs> I have not played her that. I did I did play her. I sent her the demo of I'm doing my best from my phone as I like as I was like the the beach was in the background. I sent her it and I was like, "Would I be absolutely unhinged to release this?" And she was like, "It's really honest." And I was like, okay. I need you to tell stories. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, But no, I have not played her. I can't help myself. (laughs) When you do, please come back and tell us what she says. We want to recap. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But thank you for saying that. I I really like, I I grew up um, where mental health was just not talked about a lot. You know, it was kind of taboo. And I I just like, um, as I've gotten older, just realized that, like, I wanted to be more in my body. And I also just realized, I can only speak for myself, but, like, growing up and trying to do it gracefully in the career that I'm in, navigating a lot of different things, I just, like, I wanted to do a better job, you know, yeah. and and do right for me. Um, and it's really, it's really helped me because it's not, you know, life's not easy. And it's held me accountable and um, it's made me feel like much safer within myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Was there a point in your life where you said, I think I need therapy? Or was it just something that you started and it's been a part of your life this whole time? I, <laughs> you can cut this out if it's too much. Um, I was forced into therapy twice when I was younger. One was because when my parents got divorced, I was 12. Um, so you have to go into like court order therapy, which 
was awful. Because um, when it's not your choice and when you're a kid, you're like, who is this stranger te- like, telling me about my feelings? And then the second time was something happened at my high school involving gun violence and um, everyone that like witnessed it had to go to therapy. Again, like was not my choice, something that I just kind of felt like was pushed upon me. And um, so I just, I never had a connection to it just because I it was never my choice. And so, yeah, I think I had this moment like maybe four years ago where I was like, whoa, this is a lot. Life's a lot. I'm all of a sudden not 19 anymore, mm-hmm. but I still only feel like I'm 19. And all of a sudden, like I was in a new season of life and um and be, becoming successful. And it was just, I just knew that I needed some help to navigate it all, you know, so mm-hmm. I didn't like implode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, still on that journey. <laughs> but you know what, that's, I mean, that's huge that you recognized that mm-hmm. because so many people don't until it gets so much further down the road. Yeah, yeah. Where it has to be something where someone else is saying, hey, yeah, I think you need it. But the fact that you recognize that, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, I'm that's very huge. glad I've done it. We are team therapy over here. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. All of us. Another recurring theme is weather. Yeah. I yes. love that song, too. I love that you picked up on that because that is, to me, like, the visuals. It's all about weather and landscapes and atmosphere and, like, the elements. So I'm, mm-hmm. I love that you picked up on that. I definitely feel like air. Yeah. Like, that, yes. the whole vibe of the the album feels just, mm-hmm. like, airy. airy. And even in, like, the, the darker parts, it's still, like, light yeah. in some way. Oh, yeah. That's probably no. not very articulate. No, no. but I love, I love that. <laughs> but what can you share about the song, Weather? I honestly didn't have a concept for it. I just had the title because I was realizing what you just said. Like, there were so many songs and just lines about the elements and, and seasons and stuff. And I was like, I want to just really, like— I really want to make that a theme. Um, and so I just brought in the title and like we went through a couple different ideas with it and ended up just going with the idea of like, you know, if if you're in any kind of relationship that feels um, like it changes like the weather, maybe it's not love. My favorite, um, my favorite, not on the whole record, but one of my favorite lines on the whole record is the second verse of that song, just because I feel like it, it like, gives you back your power when you take ownership over your life, you know? And in the second verse, it says, um, get in or get out, but honestly, right now, you're killing my vibe. So if you want to stay stuck in the clouds, keep them around, but not in my sky. And I think that can be, like, related to any kind of situation in your life where you're feeling like, you know, this is feeling so stormy to me, uh, but it's up to me to fix that, you know? It's like you you taking ownership of, of your decisions, I guess. I'm so tired. Later in the album, you sing that sometimes you're a summer day, and sometimes you start raining. You're no walk in the park. No walk in the park. Ooh, all right. That's the song on the record where I give myself permission to absolutely I become unhinged afterwards. <laughs> because after that comes your drunk go home, doing my best, Marilyn. Like, the tea gets spilled after walk in the park. So to me, it was this really beautiful, bluegrass, poetic way of going— I'm just going to go ahead and let you know that I'm cool with myself being a little bit all over the place. And if you're cool with it, stick around. If you're not, there's the bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's really just my, my, my permission song. I was looking for a green of grass on a carousel that goes too fast. Up and down like a swing set hard. I'm not walking the park. 
It's one of my favorite songs, though, because I, I think it's like this beautiful, this beautiful metaphor of my favorite line in it too is the simplest line at the very end. It says, "I already know I'm no walk in the park, so I thought you should know I'm no walk in the park." And it's just this simple way of going, "I know this. I accept this about myself. Here it is for you. Take take it mm-hmm. as you may. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. simple." We talked a lot about your vulnerability on this record. And I mean, truly, how scary is it to put out a a body of work like this and things that are so directly about your life? Is it just like, this is part of what I do, this is my art, and I get to tell my story? Or is there just like a moment? Like, I feel like I would be waking up in the middle of the night going, oh my God, it's out there, I can't take it back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get that. I do get that. I... I'm my brain works the opposite. I don't know why. It's like to me, it feels way more terrifying to write an album not about my life and then like Hannah Montana it. That feels scary to me. Like to write something that I don't identify with and then pretend like I do. I I, I could never really do that. I also just want. I'm like I want to be a consistent person. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. I don't want, like, any surprises. It's like, when you listen to my record, that's who I am. If you, like, come up to me at dinner, that's who I am. It's the same. Like, there's just—I'm just a little bit more glittery in one setting. You know, I just—I like there being a consistency. And I also just feel like I recognize that um, I am someone that, like, younger people listen to. And— and I think that the best thing I can do as a, as a role model, which I've really had to rewire what that word means to me, but what it means to me now is, like, I'm showing up as I am openly and honestly, and I'm going to show you the good parts of my life, and I'm not going to apologize for being happy when I'm happy, and I'm going to show you the, the uneasy parts of my life, and I'm going to be unsettled when I'm unsettled. And, like, that to me is human and not shown enough. And I think while writing this record and picking the songs for it, that was definitely a a priority. I think that's why so many people love and trust you and relate to you. When you put things like that out, is there a part of you that's like, I wish I wouldn't have been this revealing? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, maybe I'll hit that point one day, but no, I just think like I used to have this this weird um, like separation with artists that I listen to or like celebrity culture or whatever where I was just like, oh, they're not a person. What do you mean? They're like in a glass box. They don't feel things. And now that, you know, I'm an artist, I just like I don't want to lose that feeling, I guess. And I also want to remind people that I'm a human and that like I have bad days and like you know, I'm my my vibe right now is very much so like I'm showing up the best I can and like don't forget that I'm a person, you know. Um, and I think that I sh- I try to show, you know, right now I'm definitely like in a place of like healing. And I think that I'm just trying to show all sides of that, whether that be like with my friends or with my dog or, you know, crying in a bathtub. Like I'm just trying to show all of it because, again, that's like that's the full spectrum of it. But we love you for that. Thanks. We do. We do. We love you. We love you. Doing my best. Love it. Guys, go see her. She's coming to a city near you. Subject to change is out now. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Today, we are looking back in country music history on a band that has 14 number one hits. They've released seven studio albums, two live projects, and two EPs, and they are not done yet. Nope. They will release a deluxe edition of their most recent album, 
The Comeback, on September 30th. The project features collaborations with folk singer James Taylor, as well as label mates Blake Shelton, Ingrid Andress, and Cody Johnson. The band mixes southern rock with country and bluegrass and puts on lively jam band-style performances like no other group in country music. Are they Georgia Clay or Ocean Sand? Clearly they are both. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to rediscover the many musical stylings of the Zac Brown Band. Zach Brown started playing his mom's guitar at age eight, and he was performing around Georgia by the time he was in high school. He got bit by the music bug hard. By 2002, he put together a small band and was playing about 200 shows a year. One surefire way to get gigs is to open your own club. And in 2004, Zach and his dad opened Zach's Place in Lake Oconee, which featured Southern-style food and live music. Genius. Opening your own club means you always have a place to play and you get fed. That's like a musician's dream right there. (laughs) It is. And apparently it did well. The success of Zach's Place allowed the band to buy their very first bus. I wonder how many buses it takes them to move around now. There are so many people on stage at a Zach Brown band show. Well, Zach has kind of collected musicians over the years. <laughs> Today, the Zach Brown Band is comprised of eight members who have been together since 2013. Although Zach has the naming rights, he'd want us to shout out his bandmates, Coy, Clay, Jimmy, Daniel, Chris, John, and Matt. The band's first single was released to country radio in 2008, and it went straight to number one. Of course, we're talking about chicken fried. So if you agree, have a drink with me, raise your glasses for toast. Just recently, I was thinking about how as much as this band's sound has evolved over the years and they've tried a bunch of different flavors, at the end of the day, they're still finding success with the sound that brought them to the table. Exhibit A, their debut single, Chicken Fried, mashed up with their most recent number one, Same Boat. In the same boat, fishing in the same pool, And a little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. Another thing consistent about Zach Brown Band's music is that fun beach setting, like you hear in Same Boat. Now, if you think about it, they have some serious island vibes. Jimmy Buffett and Kenny Chesney market themselves as being carefree and always ready to have fun in the sun. But now that you mention it, there's a lot of sunshine and sand in Zach's catalog. I'm coming up with Knee Deep, which was a collab with Jimmy Buffett, Castaway, You and Islands, Toes. I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in the world of cold beer in my hand. Life is good today. Fun fact, there is a cleaned up version of Toes that was sent to country radio. But Zach will tell you he never sang the song with the censored lyrics. They put that together in the studio from Zach's vocal tracks. Well, it worked because Toes went on to become the band's second number one. Anyone who interviewed Zach in the early days will tell you he did not want to be pigeonholed as the guy who sang Chicken Fried. In 2009, they released their fourth single, the heart-tugging Highway 20 ride. Every time I turn that truck around Right at the Georgia line And I count the days And the miles back home to you On that Highway 20 ride They continue to release a mix of deeper songs like Sweet Annie, Colder Weather, and Goodbye in Her Eyes, along with those country jams we mentioned earlier that have a Caribbean twist. And they continue to surprise us with songs like Heavy is the Head, a collaboration with late rock singer Chris Cornell of Soundgarden that was released to rock radio. 
That was from their Jekyll and Hyde album, which pushed a lot of boundaries and was primarily co-written with Nico Moon before he had made a name for himself as an artist. The Zac Brown Band's career has taken a lot of twists and turns over the years. They've hopped between several record labels, experimented with different producers, and built their career their way. I think my favorite Zac Brown Band song is Keep Me In Mind. Oh, or maybe Colder Weather. I don't know. But I'm stuck in colder weather. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Can I call you then? What about you, Amber? I like whatever it is. It's just catchy. It gets stuck in my head. And whatever it comes on, I just have to turn it up and sing along. Check out the Rediscover Zach Brown Band playlist for all the group's big hits, genre-stretching album cuts, and fun collaborations, including Mango Tree with Sarah Bareilles and Black Water with the Doobie Brothers. Okay, before we go, we need to tell you about all the fun things we have going on next month. Woo, it's a lot. October is Country Music Month, which, I mean... Every month is Country Music Month in our hearts. True. But in 1970, President Richard Nixon proclaimed the month of October to be officially Country Music Month. Nixon was a huge fan of country music. He had Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, Roy Acuff, and Glenn Campbell all visit the White House. And he became the first president to visit the Grand Ole Opry. Roy Acuff even taught him how to yo-yo on stage. I can only guess that October was chosen because it's the anniversary of the Grand Ole Opry's first broadcast. But regardless, for the past 52 years, October has been a month-long celebration of our favorite musical genre. And we're going to keep the party going here on Country Heat Weekly. Amazon Music's theme for the month is We Are Country. And we'll be celebrating the diversity of the genre by welcoming artists with a variety of musical sounds to our center stage spotlight. Ashley McBride will be here next week, followed by Mickey Guyton. We've been trying to get Mickey on since we first started brainstorming on this podcast yes. more than a year ago, and it's finally happening. <laughs> Later in the month, we'll welcome Sam Williams, who is the son of Hank Jr. and the grandson of Hank Sr., but his music is nothing like the family tradition. <laughs> and we'll wrap up October with rock and roll crossover, L. King. Plus, we are doing a special series to rediscover some pioneering women in country music, including Tammy Wynette, and Casey Musgraves. Everyone is welcome at our country music party, so spread the word. Make sure all of your friends know how to find and follow Country Heat Weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. And shout out to all the Garth Brooks fans who found us last week after we interviewed a Swiss Garth fan. We heard from Paula, Tracy, Penny, Armgard, Sandy, and Jennifer, amongst others. Remember to use the hashtag Country Heat Weekly to connect. Planning a trip to Nashville this fall? Well, we are here to help. Our burning question this week asks the stars their favorite restaurant in Music City. We start with Kelsey Ballerini, and then we get some suggestions from Kane Brown, Bailey Zimmerman, Ingrid Andress, and Randy Hauser. I like Bar Taco. It's my favorite. I'm there a little too often. Bourbon Steakhouse. Man, I really love Taco Mama. Oku. Probably Henrietta Red. No one recommended hot chicken. <laughs> Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. 
production assistance from Tim Einenkel, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Plews, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Essential production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Jake, Osmo, Abby, and Dibs. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music, the Wondery app, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This mother lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts